So we're going to um, start with the parts, but let me just first very briefly speak about these foundations of mindfulness. And the first foundation of mindfulness is of the body. As I mentioned last night, the second is feeling tones. The third is mind states. And the fourth are the dharmas, these teachings, collections of teachings that support awakening and the teachings themselves of uh, suffering, its causes, path to liberation, ways of understanding how a human being is comprised and so forth, a collection of teachings to support practice and awakening. And within the first foundation of mindfulness of the body, there are six particular practices, and we've already been uh, working with three of them. The first is of the breath, the second being mindful of the different bodily postures of sitting, standing, lying, and walking. The third is bringing our mindfulness to the different activities of day-to-day living mentioned earlier this morning about the mindfulness of eating and toileting, showering, all these different activities of day-to-day living we can bring mindfulness to. There's three other practices in the first foundation of mindfulness that are not often practiced in the West. And I want to name these because they are very important practices. These are practices that the Buddha taught, residing in this first foundation of the body. And so that fourth practice is the 32 parts of the body meditation that we will be practicing. And the fifth practice is a practice on the elements that a human being in particular is comprised of four elements of solids, liquids, motion, and temperature. And often within the 32 parts of the body as our practice deepens, these parts begin to dissolve into solids, liquids, motion, and temperature, and the sense of separation begins to become uh, lessened. So we begin to see that found both in the natural world and inside the body, there are solids, liquids, motion, and temperature. So there's a whole practice on the elements and that's often connected with the 32 parts of the body at some point. And the last practice is a very graphic meditation on the mindfulness of death. Nine different stages of decomposition beginning with the first day of a person's death until it gradually dissolves into dust. Some of us may wonder, that's a very graphic uh, meditation, but there's an old Hindu proverb that probably is true even today that says, everyone thinks everyone else is going to die, but not me. And perhaps by sitting next to a body that has died and seeing it dissolve into dust, we'll really begin to have that deep understanding that I and everyone else cannot escape these realities. So these are the practices within the first foundation of the body. And today, yes, we are beginning with um, 
this first grouping of parts of head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, and skin. So I'm going to offer just a few more words about this practice and then we'll go into it. And so again, I want to encourage you once we hone into the part to sensing what it feels like physically, but also being aware if anything gets evoked mentally and emotionally. Just as I um, shared last night, my friend um, and her discovery about sitting with feces and what arose, and there's many things within the body. Our histories are here inside our body. The same friend, she was going through chemotherapy, and she's actually doing quite well now. She was doing the practice while she was going through, and her hair was falling out. So she says about her head hair, I can feel where my head hair connects to my scalp, and where my scalp gives rise to my head hair. It's so alive up there, even as my hair falls out. There's prickly and slightly painful sensations in the scalp. I can sense the head hairs are falling out. They need to fall out. They're falling everywhere, on my shoulders, all inside of my hats, my sheets. Tonight, I shave my head, head hair. Body hair, I can trace my mind with body hair on all of its surfaces. Some of the body hair is falling out too and not growing back. There's less of it than usual, I'm becoming hairless like a child, body hair. Teeth. Just have one more example. As she meditated on the teeth, I can feel the hardness of my teeth rooted in their gums, pulsating energy of where the gums support the teeth, and the teeth support the integrity of the jaw bones and the structure of the face. A memory comes from my childhood testing a Christmas ornament to see if it was glass. At first, I try to redirect my attention away from the memory, but then I decide to watch where it goes. I'm so curious and excited about this ornament. I decided to bite it to see if it was glass, and it was. Thin antique glass. It shattered in my mouth. I tried to find someone to help me, but I could not find anyone. No one ever came. So alone at six years old, I rinsed my mouth out in the bathroom sink. I was trembling. I felt foolish. Teeth. Our history is here inside our body. So from time to time, I may read more pieces of this, but really powerful. As we move into the body, what arises? Our history is here inside our body. Remember one time with my own head here, when I did have it. Remember on my bar mitzvah night, I was 13 years old, and I put in a whole tube of brill cream in my hair, trying to get it to look nice. And it was one greasy, so greasy, I just couldn't even believe it, because all this brill cream. <laughs> this desperation to want to look good, to be loved, to be liked. Brill cream. It's all here, so incredibly personal 
and so incredibly impersonal, the body. So let us recite these first five parts, five times just in the forward rotation. Head here, body here, nails, teeth, skin. 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 Now repeating it in your mind five times with that same way of five times forward. You know, sensing into your head here. And sometimes people try to visualize it, and if that's helpful, that's okay, but more importantly, trying to sense and to feel into head here. Of course, our color of our hair can be different, blonde, brownish, grayish, reddish, blackish. We can dye it colors these days. And the hair has a particular type of shape. It can be curly, it can be uh, smooth, straight. The different variations of the shape of hair. Of course, the direction found above the waist, the location, top of the head. And it's bordered by the face, the back of the neck. Sensing into head hair. And just so we understand clearly what is head here, it's thread-like outgrowths from the skin of mammals, thin, flexible shafts of hardened cells. The average human scalp has about 100,000 hairs. Its function is to keep the top of the head protected from, and also for temperature regulation also protection from ultraviolet light, head hair. This is what it is, and yet sensing into head hair and allowing and acknowledging what arises, being present, head hair.
And now gently shifting from head here to hair of the body, body hair. And it too, of course, has its own color and shape and the direction. Body hair is all over. From the top of the head, the face, the eyebrows, the armpits, the arms, all over the body. Arm here, here in the genital area, the legs, some places in the body more finer, subtler here, some more thicker body here. Again, these are thin, flexible, hardened cells. Thread-like outgrowths from the skin of mammals. Body here. And just honoring whatever arises. Body here. body here. And so in this practice of these parts, we're just wanting to present them in a very neutral and matter-of-fact way, not giving necessarily an invitation to be positive nor negative about them. These are just parts and their function, their definition, but of course as we live inside them, 
our whole life begins to unfold of pleasant, unpleasant, shame, joy. Our history is here inside the body. So let us now shift to nails. This pertains to both fingernails and toenails. The color is mostly clear unless you paint them. And the shape is kind of a little bit like uh, fish scales. And of course the nails are found both above and below the waist and the fingers and toes and bordered by the fingers and toes. <clears throat> it's very interesting that uh, fingernails and toenails are made of a tough protein called keratin. And this is the same substance that is found in animal hooves and horns. We're part animal. Hooves and horns, the same substance as our nails. Nails are a horn-like structure located at the end of fingers and toes, forming flat plates. Generally, a fingernail or a toenail takes about six months to grow from base to tip, and its function is to protect sensitive skin areas. Also, of course, fingernails can be useful for picking up things, cutting things. Nails act as a counterforce. When the end of a finger touches an object, it enhances the sensitivity of the fingertip. Nails. Yeah, if it's helpful as you do this, you can feel the nails or sense into them. And some of our nails we may be happy with, some we might not be happy with. Some of our nails, particularly in the toes, may be filled with fungus that are among us. Nails.
And now gently shifting from nails to teeth. The color of teeth are generally white or yellowed a bit. The shape can include incisors, canines, premolars, and molars. Direction found above the waist, located in the mouth. The boundary, the delimitation, is uh, rooted in the gums. Teeth are 32, there's actually 32 teeth, permanent teeth, and they're calcified projections in the jaws, serving as the organs of chewing. Every person has two complete sets of teeth during life. The first set of teeth are primary teeth, and they're generally lost by the age of 14. Generally, there's 20 primary teeth and then replaced by 32 permanent teeth. The function of teeth is to break down food, to cut, chew, and tear, also like a pestle and mortar. The bottom teeth are used more for grinding of food, and the top teeth are used mainly for biting. Teeth. So sensing into the mouth, into the teeth, being present. teeth
just allowing, acknowledging what is present, what you're feeling, even if there's any emotions, any thoughts, memories, acknowledging teeth. And now gently shifting to skin, skin of the body. The color of skin can be variable, black, brown, yellowish, reddish, whitish. Its shape is like a big bag of grain that takes shape on whatever is inside it. The largest human organ is the skin. The surface area of the skin is around 25 square feet. Direction found both above and below the waist, located all over the body, from face to feet to fingers, and is bordered by head hair, body hair, nails, and teeth. The skin is the soft outer cover or organ that forms the outer surface of the body. There are over four million pores in the skin. Yet in one square inch of skin, 
there lies four yards of nerve fibers, 1,300 nerve cells, 100 sweat glands, 3 million cells, and 3 yards of blood vessels. That's just in one square inch. And as I mentioned earlier, every square inch of the skin is about an average of 32 million bacteria living on it. And just so you know, humans shed about 600,000 particles of skin every hour, about a pound and a half a year. Most of the dust particles in your house is made from dead skin. So it's 9.30ish now, and we've been practicing since 6.30. We've been here three hours. 600,000 particles of skin every hour per person times 90 people. I have to get my calculator. A lot of dead particles of skin here. We might have to get a shovel soon. The function of skin protects against infection, dehydration, injuries, parasites, temperature changes. It shields the body against these. It provides sensory information about the environment. Skin manufactures vitamin D. The skin excretes salts and small amounts of urea. Skin provides a relatively dry and semi-impermeable barrier to fluid loss. The skin acts as a water-resistant barrier so essential nutrients aren't washed out of the body. Skin. So just sensing into skin whatever's arising, being present.
And now gently withdrawing from the skin. And just acknowledging we've begun to go into the body, to the surface areas of the head here, the body here, the nails, the teeth, the skin. These are the areas, of course, that we see with each other and ourselves. And yet within these parts, and of course many others, our history is here inside our body. Our body is our storehouse of all of our learnings and thoughts and experiences. Within this fathom-long body, honoring what arose within you with great compassion, Learning, learning as we move into this body to grow in perhaps deeper wisdom and compassion, holding this body with great compassion. This is the vehicle that we live inside of to awaken. So attending to the body with this gratitude and understanding, this is the vehicle that we live inside of to awaken. So perhaps just coming back to the breath, if that's helpful, this breathing body, alive and awake. And this attitude of holding with great compassion as we breathe in and out this fathom-long body from head to toes to fingertips, unified as this body breathes in, expanding on the inhalation, falling, contracting on the exhalation. Just feeling the sense of the unification of this whole body organism as it breathes in and breathes out. So may all embodied beings find the gateways into the heart. May we grow with wisdom and compassion.
So just a reminder from what we mentioned yesterday that we will not do another group of parts again till um, 2.15. And so during this time between, if some of these parts have um, come up for you in our silent sitting meditation practices, you're welcome to um, go into them. Or you always know to come back to the breath, this anchor. The breath, this breathing body, being close to the body. This, of course, sounds that arise at different times, sensations. So staying in the body so that you have some orientation, so some grounding with the practice, anchoring with the practice, developing this foundation of the body, being with the breath, this breathing body. And of course, at times, there may be sounds that arise, and in those moments, meeting the sounds, listening as they come and they go. The body, the sensations may come more into the foreground, and in those moments, experiencing sensations that have their own time of coming and going, and as they recede, perhaps coming back to the breath again, so we can play with it in this way keeping that anchor going, and of course, if any of these body parts arise, there's some interest in going deeper into them, you're welcome to do so. So, um, we'll have a little time for any questions or comments that uh, pertain to the instructions just now or from the talk last night or the practice. We'll do this for a few minutes, and then we'll have some announcements, and then we'll uh, shift to the Qigong. So we'll kind of just open it up if there's any. Please. So this meditation takes us away from <clears throat> present body awareness and into thought trains, history. Or is the meditation to be aware of the sensations that arise from the body in these areas, in the present body? Okay. So can, did most people hear that? Okay. So I, 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 since it's being recorded, I'll try to repeat it. <laughs> and so it's... As far as what I'm hearing and understanding, the question is, um, or comment, like, is this practice about just uh, taking us away from the present moment and just being with these parts? And it could result in different thought trains, different emotions, different feelings, or is it being in the present moment with these parts and seeing what gets evoked. Is that, yeah? So it's the latter. <laughs> it's the latter. So we have no idea what's going to rise as we quote unquote hang out with a part, as we sense and feel into it. It's almost as if that part unlocks or reveals something that's there. So our job is not necessarily to try to 
look around for emotions or past experiences and memories, but simply by being and sensing and feeling and opening into that part, sometimes it may reveal something like my, my friend, I was re doing some of the readings from some of her discoveries. She wasn't going in with the intention to get something. Just like, you know, when I practice this, it's just to be present with what's here and see what arises. Sometimes not much of anything. Sometimes I'm just with here. Sometimes it may bring up the Brill Cream. I, I had no idea that Brill Cream was going to come up, but it just came up. So we don't know. But sensing and feeling into the body, because within this body, our history is here. So it's just sensing and feeling into it. You don't need to try to conjure up a memory, try to figure anything out. Just feel into the parts of that body and just be open to what's present. But to come back to the sense, don't follow the train of the bar mitzvah and all of the stories that go So the questions pertaining to, do I just stay with the sensations and not go along with the superficial story or, or the, the stories around it? And so actually, may we use wise discernment. Sometimes that may be the wisest thing to do is to actually allow ourselves to, we're coming up against a place of deep shame and to allow and to acknowledge. So the discernment or the wisdom of when do I begin to move in, when is it kind of just superfluous and superficial and it's going nowhere? So we're coming to these little forks in the road and trying to feel into that. And to me, um, you know, there's, may we use our wisdom to approach, and particularly for me, if there's areas that conjure up a lot of shame and it's really got me by the juggler, like, ah, oh, maybe I need to stay here with this. At certain points. At other points, I've been there. I've got the coffee mug and the T-shirt. I see you, Mara. No, thank you. I don't need to give you any energy. And the wisest thing is just to note it. So, you know, and we're learning in the practice. When do we move in? When do we just stay and allow? So there's some breathing room and space. But let's say this. Why are we doing all this? So the essence of this practice, to me, is to help us to see more clearly into the places that I'm not seeing clearly, to the places that I'm stuck, to the places that I'm holding on and grasping, to the places that I want to push away. So I'm very interested because I want to have, I want to experience as much freedom as possible. So there's an interest to understand this heart and our history is here. Thank you. Please. What happens when um, you have a body part with a lot of sensations and some memory and a lot of things around it, and the body part isn't covered in the 32 parts? <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So yeah, what happens when you um, get in touch with a part that's not part of the 32 parts? 
And the likelihood of that happening is very great since there is way more than 32. And so, again, I really want to consider that these parts, yes, we're honing into these parts, but they, it may open up the doorways into this fathom-long body to other parts. And if they become very, very compelling, then we can trust the practice enough to let us go there and allow. Just like I was sharing last night with uh, my wife who has diabetes, and the, the pancreas is not part of, part of that, but inevitably at times going into the body, uh, somehow that, that, that arises. And being with that and the grief and whatever else is there. So we can be flexible. If something else is getting evoked, we, you know, we're first learning the practice, so it's very helpful to go through the parts and to learn them. But, you know, the, but then we can begin to... It's, it's a living, alive practice, not a dead one. But we want to also learn part of the form, so this is why we're going through a very you know, methodical form of these 32 parts. But as we learn it, we understand that, yes, if something else arises, it's very compelling that somehow gets um, stirred then we can trust to go into that. Yeah. Please. Beautiful. There's a ruby buried inside here. Um, so, yeah, just to kind of summarize, um, that this is indeed a very different practice and um, new to many of us here. And um, as far as the keys to open up into that, what I'd like to say is just keep on going for it. And, you know, like, just like you go to the gym and you start doing the weights, you don't get the muscles right away. It's through the repetition. And the repetition builds the muscle mass. So the repetition, I'm entering into my head here again, and I don't quite feel anything. I'm not quite sure what to do, but I'm, again, bringing my... Okay, let me just acknowledge, I'm not sure what to do here. That's part of the meditation. Ah, here's not sure what to do. A little confusion. Let me come back into head here. And so I think through this practice and the repetition, something may touch you. Or with the teeth, and all of a sudden you're eight years old and you're at the dentist office getting your first cavity removed, and like all of a sudden this thing arises. So we'll, you'll just play with it and see. Yeah. I think we'll pause here. So thank you so much, and there'll be time. Um, actually, today, um, 
Some of you will be going to the practice group discussions where we'll also have the opportunity to ask more questions and report in with how the practice is going. And of course, tomorrow there'll be other groups. So um, please, if you haven't looked at the sheet out there, please do look at the sheet to see which group you're going to be in. And again, if your name is not on there, it's most likely will be on later tonight for tomorrow's groups. If it's not on there, then let us know. As far as where the groups meet, I will be meeting in group uh, in room one and Christiana in room two. And Mary Grace, where you registered to en enroll into the retreat, the council house, she'll be meeting people in the council house. And I believe is, is Kim coming to... She, you should say something about it. You want me to say something? Yeah. Right here, here you go. So one of the things that will be happening also is that Kim, as part of her training, will be uh, present in the groups. And um, I doubt that that's very much of a problem for anyone. Um, please know that she's already a well-qualified teacher. We're just getting her ready for retreat teaching. And um, probably she'll mostly listen, but it's possible she'll have some useful things to say. Um, so we're happy that she's able to sit in on the groups. Um, since we're not doing individual interviews, that's not an issue for this particular retreat. So a, a few other announcements. And there's a request that um, when we have any coughing or sneezing to please maybe cough into the elbow area here. That way um, it really helps, uh, you know, when we touch a door handle, if we cough into our mouth and it passes on. So just the... Uh, try to be mindful of that as a practice. And um, I actually had a change. Somebody wanted to see me um, later in the day at 4.30, and I've changed it to this morning. So please, um, Jay, uh, to take a look at, um, that's the first letter of the person, to take a look on the board. I've changed the time. And um, today at 4.30, Christiane is going to lead and with us being there to help support you as well, what we call sometimes a sitting or posture uh, support or clinic, if you will, because we know that some of us here might be feeling some pain. And so um, it's inevitable that we will feel pain. We're not going <laughs> to have a clamor here that we're going to eliminate all physical pain while we're sitting, but we have learned through the years that there may be certain ways to sit that can be helpful to support sitting to potentially lessen pain. So we're going to do that at 4.30. And, and, and that is optional. Yes, thank you. For those that, that want to stay, they can, because this is during a uh, walking practice. So um, we'll announce that again as we get close. Um, two other things. One is that there was some questions about bowing. You see some of us bowing in different ways. And... You do not have to bow, and for those that would like to bow, they, they can bow. And it's not like the, um, you know, the bowing is actually in the heart. Some people like to even place their hand on the heart. And, but I'll just say that in, in Buddhism, um, sometimes uh, one feels um, just the inspiration of, of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, and... and um, out of that deep sense of gratefulness and gratitude to, 
to pay homage to that. And so that's up to you, but just wanted to explain it. And sometimes you'll see the most traditional is a five-point bow. And what that means is that the head, the two arms, and the two legs are meeting the floor. And and so there's a beautiful symbolic meaning for that that I wanted to just share with you. And so for those five points, there's the reflections of the triple gems of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, awakening, the teachings of awakening, the community supporting each other to awaken. And then also the, the fourth one is the gratitude for our mother and father. For without them, we would not be here. So they're like a benefactor. And then the fifth is our benefactors, our teachers that have brought us on to the path of the heart of awakening. And so when we're bowing, it's really paying, it's really paying, um, you know, it's an interior thing, because of course these are just made out of bronze or wood or whatever, but it's what they stand for. This triple gems of awakening, a mother and father, without them we would not be here, and um, our teachers that have brought us onto the path. So lastly, there was a brown shawl right actually where, where Kim is sitting, and um, that somehow um, left. And so if anyone knows of the brown shawl, we kindly appreciate to, uh, to bring it back on, on that cushion. And, you know, I just know sometimes we don't know uh, um, how things work here. I remember like on my very first meditation retreat, I didn't know that people just sat on the whole, their Zafu space for the whole week. So every single meditation, I was sitting on another person's meditation pillow. <laughs> I was pissing people off left and right. I didn't even, I didn't know the scene. And so some of us here were so new, we don't even know, hey, there's a shawl, okay, I'm cold and you know, I'll put it on or, or whatever. And so, um, and I think there may be some shawls in the back that like, well, is this public property or not? But anyways, there's a a beloved brown shawl and please. Uh, Where's room one and room two? Okay, thank you. But maybe before, this this was a a, a special shawl. It was a gift from a family, yeah. So um, where room one and two is, so um, if you go out the door, after the men's bathroom, the first door on the right after that is room one, and the second door, second room after that is room two. Thank you. That's a very important question. Please. May I please ask if you would add sneezing to your coffee message? Oh, of course. If it's sneezing because you have a cold, you're spewing Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, I, my total intention when saying coughing was to mean sneezing too, but I, I will say it very explicitly. Thank you for that explicit invitation. Yes, coughing, sneezing, spitting, you know. Well, we'll be getting to saliva soon enough. Actually, in German, it's called schleim. I love that word, schleim, schleim, schleim. So anyways, it's time. Never mind the schleim. It's time for Qigong. 